0: And we are off.
1: All right. Ah, uh, well, welcome to uh, Voices in Japan. Um, this week we are joined by a special guest. Well. We like to call him special, don't we, Ben? <laughs> um, a man I've known for quite a while, and uh, his name is Gareth.
2: Or is, what? Is, which is it, Gareth? Is it Garrett or Gareth? Uh, it's Gareth actually. Although uh, the, the Mr. Ben still likes to email me as Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> I like Garrett. Yeah, I
0: think I think there's a few people that call you that. Uh, Gary, some people do maybe, but there's a there's a few Gary's in town. So maybe uh, not many Gareths. I don't know so yeah or well, there's definitely no garrets so i like to keep that one welcome
1: gareth welcome to the show thank you very much good to be here yeah. yes um how have you guys been ben you've been well
0: yeah i've been good i had my uh three year wedding anniversary last weekend oh so okay. we went to a fancy french restaurant in town Suskino um It had, like, really good reviews and ratings on on Google. Uh And I don't know if they were, like, you know, authentic ones or not. It was a great restaurant, Uh but it was dead. It was like we were the only two people in there. You know, if it's really that popular, it would have been, you know, at least another couple of patrons or something. So I was thinking maybe the reviews are fake or their friends or families doing that. Uh... Who knows? Maybe, maybe um, you were smelly and nobody wanted to go in. <laughs> That's it. Well, a couple of people did walk in and then left straight away. So, yeah, maybe you might be right there.
1: <laughs> um, speaking of uh, people coming in, do you know what today is? It's a special day for Japan.
2: Gareth, do you know what day it is? I certainly do, mate. It's been a day I've been looking forward to for a very, very long time, actually. So today is uh, the Open Open Japan Day. That's Welcome right. back to the world. Yes, exactly right. So I'm not
1: sure, I haven't seen any news about it or how many people have actually come in today, but um, I did see a small article talking about some some questions. So for those listening, if you do want to come into Japan, there's um, some questions that people have been asking and I have the answers for you right now. Will you be able to meet Ben? The answer is no for that one. <laughs> um Will I need to book a guided tour? And the short answer to that is no. Before you did need a a guided tour, but now you don't. Um, They've relaxed all that, so you can just come in on a tourist visa, which is, depending on the country, is up to three months, I think. Um, Will I need to be uh, vaccinated to enter? An on-arrival COVID-19 test is no longer required once you get to Japan. However, to enter, you must fulfill only one of the two following requirements. You must have a certificate confirming you have received at least three shots of a vaccine recognized by the World Health Organization. And the document should be issued by an official body, uh, such as a government agency And should have an attached Japanese or English translation if originally written in another language. And you can either have that or if you haven't had the vaccine, you have to obtain a certificate confirming the negative status of a COVID-19 test within 72 hours before your departure for Japan. Um, uh, Do I need to wear a mask once you get here? As a general rule, it says yes. Even though you don't have to, you should. Um, the government has just revised legislating, leg- legislation to allow hotel operators to refuse entry to anyone not wearing a mask. So uh, there's a little bit of info for you. And uh, if you do get sick while you're over here and if you need to quarantine, you can contact a uh, Japan visitor hotline, okay? And there's a number which will attach to the end of this uh this pod, so um there you go some information for you
0: um remember last week matt we we talked about or the last episode we kind of uh brushed on the 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 go to travel campaign that's starting as well mm-hmm. in uh started today, yep too. But I found out some information, and unfortunately, it doesn't apply to foreigners. It's only uh, locals that live in Japan. So we can uh, as residents, oh, so me, you, and Gareth. But uh, but tourists cannot apply for the uh, prefectural travel campaign discount. Do you know sadly. why? Sadly because we're special that's damn why well, isn't it <laughs> we are special yeah <laughs> but pretty much the same rules apply to uh, to that campaign as as what you just said like you have to have three uh, vaccinated or be be vaccinated three times or have a negative pcr test hmm. uh, to actually use the discount because it's mainly mainly applied to like hotels and uh, like like sends, stuff like that staying overnight so you have to have those same same rules. Um it doesn't mention masks, but as a as a like you said, as a general rule, most people kind of wear masks in Japan anyway. Yep. So even uh even people that live here, you you'll see the odd kind of uh you know, anomaly walking around without a mask on and They they stand out like a sore thumb. Um but yeah, I think in general, ninety eight percent of people will be wearing them. Yeah, I think so. I I try
1: to wear my Do you wear your mask, Gareth?
2: Uh, yeah, mate, I do when I'm out in public or, you know, catching transportation or sort of just generally in going to stores and things like that, um, just to make the other, I, I'm quite frankly, I'm sick of wearing it, but, um, and I'm vaccinated and I really don't, I'm not too bothered about it nowadays, but this, just to make the Japanese feel more comfortable and And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a sort of a, it's a local thing. And they're all, as Ben says, you know, 98, 99% of them are still wearing masks. Um, So recently when I ride my bicycle around town, I I just lower it down, you know, onto around my neck sort of thing and have my face out. And Most of the other bicycle riders nowadays I notice are starting to sort of lower their mask when they're riding. Um, Whereas before even those guys had their mask up completely all of the time.
1: Yeah. I love seeing those people driving by themselves in the car with their masks on. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Or like when uh when I have like when I have like a Zoom class and uh students are wearing masks like on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> you can't catch it through a screen, boys, chill out. <laughs> hey,
1: before we move on to our uh, topic which is um um, centred around Gareth, isn't it? Um did you guys the topic is Garrett yeah. <laughs> And carrots. <laughs> but not in that order. Garrett's carrots, we'll call it. Um, <laughs> yeah, um Armageddon man, did you get the uh did you get the missile warning that old Kim Jong un shot a missile over Hokkaido? Did you guys get the uh
0: when was call? that exactly that was last that was uh,
1: about five days ago i guess
0: right yeah. yeah um surprisingly enough i didn't i didn't get it on my phone so my wife got it uh that you know they i think they did the alert twice yeah. um but yeah mine didn't make a sound so i don't know if it's <laughs> I don't know if it's uh foreigners don't get it or maybe uh me because i'm special or uh deplorables
1: you know because I, I i got a <laughs> i got a wake up call it's what was it seven o'clock in the morning and uh well, did you get yours gareth did you uh... Uh,
2: no i mean i'm probably a bit of a deplorable, deplorable like <laughs> uh, i'll like been there uh but uh, I, I i didn't get it on mine um but I, I think there's actually some way of shutting those emergency broadcasts off and i think i did that previously on a on a phone several years ago, and I think that that yeah. shut off function has just carried over and carried over. Yeah, and maybe I, I did the same thing. Yeah, and I don't know how to turn it back on now. So, uh, which is probably not a good thing. But anyway, <laughs> whatever. Well, I mean, you, what what are you going to do? Like, I, I figure <laughs> if there's a nuclear missile incoming towards Sephora, I don't really want to know about it. I'll just stay. Well,
0: it was it was. Yeah. I mean, their warning was what: get under shelter, evacuate where you were. Um, but you had about six minutes to do it before impact. So it's like by the time you've gotten out of bed, because it was, like you said, seven in the morning, put your clothes on, Uh. you're going to be dead anyway. So yeah, I just... (laughs) Just, just, uh, I just went back to bed. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, you got to get up, have a shower, brush your teeth, make a coffee. And then, oh, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? You me so Ah, jeans.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: By the time you've done all that, you're gone. So. Basically.
0: Right. <laughs> so it's it's creating like false panic, which was completely unnecessary, I, I think. And it's I don't know. It's like, is there any kind of evacuation process that we kind of know of? I'm, I'm sure there is a, a manual in Japanese somewhere. But uh, but I think uh for foreigners maybe there isn't really. Like I wouldn't I would not know what to do in if a missile was coming. If it was like actually coming seriously. Um what would you guys do? Um jump in the bathtub or something?
1: Head to the stairwell. I <laughs> know the most the like, strongest part of a building.
0: Or stand stand between a doorway. Door frames are quite strong apparently. Ah. Uh,
1: yeah, dunno. I don't know. I'd probably I'd head to barefoot bar. That's
0: what I do. You would to <laughs> make it. You would have make it.
1: You <laughs> well, we'll pretty close. Run fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> what would you do, Gareth? Would you just enjoy
2: the view? Pour yeah. Up. Well, well I, I, there is a basement in this in my uh, my a uh, pet. You know, I live in a sort of a high rise building. There's a basement in that, which seems fairly sturdy. To be honest, uh, it might um it's you know two stories down underground, so it might have some effect, but. If the building came down on top of you, you're just going kind to of be buried alive for the next two weeks. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know. I just, I'd love, I think just enjoying the view, from the big bang, and then just let it go. <laughs> I don't know. Is
0: that is that your evacuation spot? Like
2: under the building in the basement? If uh, uh, if happened, I'm like you, Ben. I have no idea, mate. I've never checked. Yeah, I, I think they have. Um, I think even Burke, you know, uh, he's talked about on the on the podcast before about being part of the evacuation committee or something like that, right, <laughs> of his building. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they have one. They have one in every single high rise, so there's got to be one in my building as well. But I've never heard anything about it or from them, and everything. That comes into my apartments in you know japanese anyway my kanji is nowhere near good enough to read one of those newsletters so i've no idea i've got no idea I,
0: I think i can just about read evacuation and that's about it <laughs> 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 but uh
1: we've brought gareth on today because um gareth has an interesting profession
0: what would you would you call yourself uh, an entrepreneur gareth
2: uh Yeah, I, I guess, well, I, you know, I don't really know what an entrepreneur really is. I, my, my, Rise, uh, yeah. my image of an entrepreneur is really somebody who's, who's doing something innovative uh, as a business, you know, something sort of new or, or something like that, whereas, uh, you know, my business is not innovative or new it's just getting people drunk so that's been around for years
0: <laughs> what what would you uh what would you call yourself if you introduced yourself to someone if they're like what do you do um, would you say
2: most people when they ask me that i just sort of say business manager or something like that so uh yeah i just i own and run my own business i just call myself a business manager basically mm. Mm. a businessman <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the, the Japanese definitely like their businessman, businesswoman, so, yeah. sort of, sort of uh, katakana pronunciation, so, yeah.
1: Well, you should fuck with them, Gareth. Yeah, I'm a businesswoman. <laughs> Just raise an eyebrow, so. like, stare at them deeply when you say it.
0: And because they're so polite here, they won't question it. they no. like, take you at face value. <laughs> yeah, but, they, they, definitely <laughs> will.
1: they definitely will.
2: I will try that. That sounds like a good idea. Right?
1: That's right. So, for those listening, Gareth um, runs or manages or owns um, one of our favorite drinking holes, and that is Barefoot Bar, which you've probably heard as our sponsor. And um, it's a good place, isn't it, Ben? It's a great place.
0: Yeah, I mean especially since things have been opening. How long has it been since kind of uh, not lockdown but you know people started going out like normal again? Maybe like what six months or something like that, Gareth? Yeah, since just the bars com-
2: been back on. Just coming up to six months now, mate. Yeah, yep. So it, you know, it sort of almost seems longer in some ways, but it's it's not been that long. It's just on six months. Yeah. Mm. It does feel, it does feel a lot longer, like, you know, a year
0: or something like that since uh, we've been going out again. But um, but how how have you noticed um, the increase in clientele since since then? Because obviously at the beginning it was quite slow, but uh, but I've been he- I've been hearing that it's been getting quite busy, especially during the weekends as well, um, at at the bar and out in out in town out in Saskino.
2: Yeah, mate, it, it has definitely been. Um, uh, to be honest, when they first dropped the restrictions, uh, there was a bit of an explosion of of people. I think you know people have quite pent up and. Uh, There was a bit of a wave happening. So at the end of that wave, they then reopened and they sort of, you got the sense that this was going to be the last time they locked down because all the other countries were open up. Uh, A lot of people were just generally sick of the whole thing. The newspaper reports in in Japanese newspapers were sort of saying, you know, enough is enough (laughs) kind of thing. Uh, So uh, initially, I think there was a little bit of explosion of customers, but then obviously as soon as that happened, uh, you then had a, uh, when Japan went through, I think it was a seventh wave after that. Uh, so, um, you, know, you know, everyone started going out, everyone started drinking and communicating and getting close to each other. And, and then, uh, you know, obviously the next big wave came out. Um, and I, my feeling is, is uh, I guess not to criticise the Japanese government too much, but just because they left it too long to reopen after they vaccinated their population. They should have reopened probably six months earlier than they did, which is what most other countries did. Uh, and so in my opinion, they they really, you know, they, they've they waited so long after those third vaccinations that the, you know, the, the the, the what do they call it, Efic- efficacy started to decline a little bit, right? So, uh, and then they reopened, then everyone got close to each other and everyone got infected with Omicron uh, and they went through a seventh, seventh wave. So we saw a fairly steep drop. In customer numbers in around that time, uh, because companies banned their pop- their workers from going out when when that's uh, you know they just weren't allowed to go out. Uh, if you went out as a as a company worker, your boss could basically fire you. So right. we had uh, we we had a lot of um, you know we had a dip there and then that peaked about uh, sort of a month month and a half after that and ever since then it's been a nice slow steady climb back to normalcy i think basically yeah it's going to be interesting to see uh how the
1: bar does with all this uh, fresh fresh not fresh meat um fresh frog is coming in right (laughs) i mean there's one thing about uh um the bar is that it's probably one of the few bars in Sapporo that is kind of a lot of expats go there and it's kind
2: of very foreign friendly kind of thing right Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're we're one of the only almost if, you know, there's as far as bars go, we may be yeah, there's probably one or two in town. Uh, There is one nightclub in town that's foreign, definitely foreign friendly, um, stuff like that. So there's, yeah, there's definitely uh, a low number of us around. Hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, they have English speaking staff, uh, stuff like that, that really have a lot of expats go into. Um, So yeah I'm really excited to open again Uh, and I have seen a few fresh faces starting to turn up recently Uh, even over the last week uh, even before the opening today the numbers were slowly increasing right because the Japanese government was allowing more and more people in each day uh, and more and more students as well. So yeah I I think it's definitely had a slight impact the easing over the last month or two months Um, but We'll see what happens this week and into next week, whether or not we see a real increase in the in the number of people coming in. Are you
0: uh, are you seeing more uh, new Japanese faces or more of the, the Caucasian kind?
2: Uh, definitely seeing a lot more new foreigners around. Um, and to be honest, I think the majority of the new ones that we've had into the bar are actually students because they opened up the... Student visas first, quite some time ago, probably a good cup two months ago or something like that, and they really increased the the cap for those guys coming in. Uh, so yeah, the Hokkaido Hokkaido University for your listeners is a fairly um, kind of a famous university in in Japan. It's a very big agricultural university and has some sort of famous departments. Uh, and so there's a lot of quite a lot of foreign students that come into that university in normal years. Uh, and I think those numbers are starting to increase again. Uh, so we've definitely seen a lot of lot of students coming in. Uh, and they're, you know, when I, I say students, they're not young 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 students. They're mostly PhD or postgraduate students. So they're late twenties and and things like that, and maybe early thirties uh, people coming in. Uh, so that's been really good. And uh, Japanese, uh, we've seen, you know, a, a, like I said, a sort of a slow, steady increase in the Japanese coming in. You know, it hasn't really been a burst. Uh, at this point in time, are think, you
0: uh, are you seeing a good ratio between uh, Japanese and expats?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Fantastic, you know, is sort of obviously during the lockdown, it's you know ninety nine percent Japanese and one percent expats because uh, it was only typical, you know, very hardcore locals that were around. Uh, and as when when we were even allowed to open, we were, I mean, we were closed for. Just under a year, almost continuously for, or you know, almost and almost over a year all up, I think. Um, uh, by the we were under order from the Japanese government, so it's quite a long time. But as we were allowed to sort of open up a little bit more after that, definitely people started to come in. Now you're seeing, you know, probably you know, maybe 70% Japanese and 30% expats coming in. So the ratios have definitely shifted strongly. I think.
1: Yeah. So that I mean, the bar has gone over. Um, a lot of transformations over the well, year or two hasn't it so um, I mean during that period you renovated the whole place and now it looks you know it looks better than ever um, in my opinion um, but how did you uh, how did how did it all start out for you what what advice would you give for somebody who wants to open up their own bar or business what, what would you need
2: uh, in Japan, uh, yeah. specifically Japan. Uh, in my opinion, for for your listeners out there who are thinking about coming to Japan or, or starting businesses, in my opinion, I mean, I'm, I'm Australian, uh, so compared, I can only compare to Australia. I don't know England so well or America so well. Wow. Um, but I personally think, the, the in general, the costs of getting into a business in Japan are much lower than they are. In, for example, in Australia, much much lower than getting into Australia. You know, you can start. You could start a, a little bar, uh, depending on where you are. You could start a little bar for fifty thousand dollars in Japan. You know, maybe a hundred thousand dollars in Japan. My bar started out with twenty five thousand dollars. Is where it started, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So So, uh, you know. Um, uh, obviously, that's doing most of the work myself, stuff like that. And obviously, it's not very nice at $25,000. It was unpainted walls, and it was pretty dodgy when it first began. Um, but, you know, uh, it's definitely well and truly possible. Uh, whereas in Australia, that, that would just be impossible completely. You know, uh, it's several hundred thousand dollars, almost minimum, to get into a bar or, or some sort of restaurant in, in Australia.
1: What, uh, what about licenses and stuff like that? Is that more, is it
2: stricter here or do you think? In Japan? Uh, no, right? I think it's much easier as well. <laughs> I think everything's easier over here, yeah, quite frankly. Uh, um, there, there is, you know, there's hoops to jump over in Japan. You know, there, there is certain, and there's some, there's some very strange uh, little things that you've got to be uh, careful of. But again, most of it's hoops, you know, jump through it, get the piece of paper and, and then move on. Um it's I, – I generally think that it's It's pretty um, – I, I think it's generally pretty business-friendly in Japan in, in that way, small business and things like that. Um, I think it's difficult, as it is in any country, but also I think it can be pretty easy, you know. Um, but getting, getting hold of uh, a really good Japanese English speaker uh, who's really trustworthy uh, and really helpful, uh, that I think would just – is key you get yeah. that person and now i've got a general manager uh, to, uh who does that a young lady a young, young japanese lady who's um she's my angel she's my <laughs> she's my god saver she's incredible yeah uh and she you know she knows it's just so much she's such a smart uh, lady and she is really efficient and really trustworthy uh so she makes my life you know a million times easier than it would be otherwise i think so she's very similar to ben then uh, she is <laughs> fantastic fantastic
0: I'm just with short hair i have short hair yeah that's any difference that's pretty much it that's pretty much it so what what would be you know the process if you could like do like a basic outline of what you would need to get the ball rolling to to open a bar or start a business here i mean what would be the first step i mean i i, I would have no idea what to do like who would you call what documents would you get who would you speak to
2: uh, well, first step for uh, definitely in Japan is you want to form a company of some sort, and they have different types of companies that you can form, single individual companies or uh, what they call a, uh, Kabushiki Geisha, which is a shareholding company. Um, I would recommend the shareholding company. It costs you a little bit more to set up in the beginning, um, but it gives you a lot more flexibility in the future if your business does do well and if it does expand. You can bring in other people into the business more easily. You can sell the business in the future more easily. So uh, I I definitely would recommend that. Um, And to do that, you can just get a lawyer, or you can get even a um, even a legal clerk. It doesn't even have to be a lawyer to set that up for you. It's pretty pretty easy. What
1: sort of uh, costs are you looking at to get all to get that that, to get uh, that up
2: that business? The to get that company. Yeah, to, to register the
1: company. Yeah, to
2: register the company, uh, you need to, uh, basically your legal costs are going to be uh, around about. Uh, I mean, it depends on if you're losing using a legal clerk or a lawyer, but you're in in the range of about three to five thousand uh, dollars to set that up, right?
1: right?
2: Uh And then you've got to have your um your if it's a LLC, a limited liability company, you've got to have your liability, your limited liability money in the bank. So if for a for a Kabushi gaisha, that's 4 million yen. So you have okay. to, which is about 40,000 right. US dollars or something, or Australian dollars, in, you know, in around that figure. You've got to have that in the bank uh, in cash. So you put that in, you take that down with, and that gets submitted with your legal documents. That whole process takes anywhere between about four to six weeks, I think, depending on who's doing it and, and how they do it. Um, it to be honest, it's relatively easy. Uh, you you'll have to show documentation of who you are, you know your passport and your, you know all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, but it's nothing it's nothing too big. It's really it's really pretty a straightforward uh, standard process. and every document just takes it takes time and you know uh, each document, so sometimes you have a document. And it takes one week to process that document, no matter how no matter how, how many people are working behind the desk at the at the, um, at the registry office. <laughs> there could be 10 of them there sitting around eating sandwiches. It's still going to take one week to process do- that document, right? So that's the only thing about Japan. Japan has this sort of set. You know, this right. document takes seven days. This document takes five days. And it's just like, right. you know, we don't care what you think otherwise. Uh, right. So that, that that's definitely the first step. You set yourself up as a business and uh, a business name. Um and then uh, you go looking for, um, you know, uh, the sort of property that you you want to do, or the place you want to rent, or buy, or right. whatever. That's yeah, right it.
0: <laughs> so the important uh, thing is you need you need forty grand minimum in the bank. That's right. Yes. So that's, that's the, the first thing you should be trying to save or work up to at least. That's
2: correct. Yeah, and that's the minimum figure, right? Obviously, you can have more. Uh, and for, you know, uh, any of your listeners out there that really are thinking about this in the future, the more you have cash in the bank uh, to begin your business, your limited liability company business, the better off you are. So if you do have 50 or 60 or um, 100,000, you know, I I would sort of recommend that you try and put a bit more in there. It's a complicated talk, though. Uh, You need to talk to your accountant and your, your lawyer because there are some tax implications to do with those things. But the reason why a little bit more is, is sometimes better is because when, if you, in the future, you go for a, a business line, say to a Japanese bank, uh, having that initial amount of money in the bank sort of shows the bank that you're more powerful to begin with and relationships with banks in Japan are not like they are in Western countries. That is going to be the most difficult thing as a business owner you're going to encounter is relationships with banks. Uh-huh but uh, why is that why is that do you think uh, come down to racism well, racism you know, <laughs> to, to be put a, to put a fine fine point in my in my opinion it's just racism outright <laughs> blind blunt racism it drives me crazy um i actually had a bank manager tell me that uh, they'd never seen anyone with such a good business plan who had who was doing so well for themselves at such an early age and i asked for a loan which was half of what i was looking for and he said oh you know you've, you've you're the Best person we've ever seen come in this. And I said, Oh, that's great. So when can I get the loan? And he said to me, Oh, no, sorry, I'm not going to give it to you because um, uh, you're foreign and it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In Japanese. Yeah. I, I kid you not. And uh, I was with a Japanese uh, guy at the time uh, who was helping with for the business. And he could see me slowly turn a shade of red that was very close to Kim Jong-un's uh, nuclear missile, and uh, he very, very quickly shut, shuttled that bank manager out of his office because he I think he thought I was going to kill him, and I probably wasn't too far away from it, to be honest. He was horrible. Uh, yeah, that's that's the problem in Japan is banks. Banks are the big problem in Japan. And xenophobia. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but the thing is, if if you do develop that in, uh, that um, uh, and there are good banks, there, there are definitely good banks, and we found one. And, and there's there's government banks, right? There's government small business banks, and they really are helpful, uh, and they don't have any qualms about what colour your skin is or or anything like that. They don't care. They just have a certain amount of government money which they're trying to dish out. There's rules and limitations, quite a lot of limitations on the money, and that's the only problem. They can only learn, lend certain amounts and and it's very limited. So you can't get large loans and the time periods are all set. So there's there's a lot of finicky rules about those guys, but they're really, really good. And we've been working with those guys now for a couple of years and they're fantastic. So uh, you can definitely find them. Uh, It's the major commercial banks that are the big problem, basically. But once you get that relationship uh, and, you know, you pay your bills on time, you pay your bank loan on time and you, you know, you slowly build that relationship um, with the banks, Uh, And you do really have a relationship. You will meet the bank manager one-on-one. They will talk to you. Uh, It's not some sort of system. You have to make an appointment and go and see him. and he comes down and talks to you. Um, Wear a suit and tie uh, for your listeners out there. Get yourself, (laughs) scrub yourself up, get a suit, get a tie, look really presentable, look conservative all the time. Mm -hmm. And that will really, really help.
1: Yeah, okay. And uh, once you, I mean, if you could speak no Japanese, you just have to get a translator to come in with you. I'd imagine. Yes, that's right. I get
2: a translator to go in with you. I, you know, I speak um, reasonable Japanese. I might say, or well, sort of okay Japanese enough, uh, but I still take uh, my general manager. Um, I still take other people with me. Um, and you know, the other flip side of that is too you, you've sort of got uh, you've got a you've got a Japanese person with you and you know even from the government banks that, that- they will inevitably start talking more to the Japanese person, and they will, you know, as long as that Japanese yeah. person projects this sense of trust, uh, they will. They, if they yeah. trust the Japanese person by default, they trust you, kind of thing. Yeah, right. Um, so, or, so don't bring a bum in off the street. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Don't don't br- don't bring Matt in. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't bring not long haired tramp. Basically. Or,
0: allows, or at least tell Matt to you know cut his hair before he goes in. That's exactly well, right. <laughs> Well, Ben, that's, that's a bit much, man. That was a, that was a bit below the belt. I'm,
1: I'm smart. I'm smart, man. <laughs> and, and put some pants on, basically, walking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. That's just stupid. <laughs> um, I, I have a, a question about the kind of the nightlife industry in uh, in what you're involved in, because obviously your bar is kind of in the Saskino area, which is like the red light district of... Sapporo, but not exactly in Toskino, right? You're like kind of on the border. Is your is your bar classified as being in Toskino?
2: Yeah, mate, it actually is. Uh, Tanaki Koji where I'm in is is actually classified as being in Toskino. Yeah. Which so
0: so the, what's uh, what's, the, what's the, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like
1: the second largest entertainment district in Japan?
0: Yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of good nightlife. lots of things go on in the in the early hours. Um yeah, and I just kind of wanted to delve a little bit deeper into that gareth like what do you i mean do you have you know like relationships with other bar owners in the industry because i'm guessing there's kind of some community there that they or uh, some some group that you're probably involved in and you have to have certain relationships with other bar owners and restaurant owners and stuff
2: like that uh, actually to be honest with you mate the answer to that is uh, is no uh, uh, i probably because I am foreign and and also because I'm still relatively new into the scene uh, I think those sort of relationships take a very very long period of time to develop um but as far as the Suskino you, you know we're in we're in what's called taniki Koji which is the the covered mall area, and, and Taniki Koji is the name of the street, and it's kind of a covered mall area for the people who haven't been to uh, Sapporo. It's
1: a bit of a sightseeing spot, isn't it, or a shopping area as well? A
2: shopping arcade, shopping right, arcade. I think I think, yeah, yeah, you put it, and there's you know a few bars and restaurants and things like that along it. Um, and it's great in winter because it has a roof, you know, so you can walk along mm-hmm. without getting snowed on the whole time. Yeah. Uh, there is a there's what they call a kumiai in each block, and kumiai means association in Japanese, basically. So you have to join that association. You pay a monthly fee, stuff like that. Um, and uh, there's a couple of the Japanese guys that are part of that, uh, you know, the, the bosses of that, of that association. And I've met a couple of them, and uh, one of them especially I get along really well with, uh, and he's really, really supportive of our business. Uh, but mostly because he's also one of our suppliers. So we buy all of our alcohol from him. So he really wants us mm-hmm. to do well. Um, <laughs> the better we do, the better he does. Uh, but he's also a great guy uh, and he's, you know, he just is a really, really nice guy. And then there's another, another uh, guy who owns a souvenir shop. He's another sort of boss of the association. He's also very friendly. You know, wise. I don't see him regularly, but every time he walks past, he waves and things like that. Um, so, but as far as Suskino goes, um, Suskino is really divided by, you know, the major highway that you guys would know, route 36, that goes down through there. Uh, so you've got the, the other side of route 36, which is sort of, if you will, Suskino proper. And yeah. then you've, then you've got us on, on the sort of the other side going towards, uh, the Sapporo station. And that's sort of like the, 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 uh. Outer suburbs of, of Suskino, if you will, in some ways. Uh, Mild Suskino, maybe. Yeah,
0: that's, <laughs> that's about <laughs> right. Uh,
2: in, our, in our area, we, we don't, um, you know, you, the Suskino rules and things like that really um, sort of are separated from us quite strongly. And if you want to know uh, just how much a very funny, a very funny or strange story I can tell you during the during the COVID lockdown. Uh, So during the COVID lockdown, um, the hard, basically the hard sort of central area of Suskino was ordered to close their doors more or less. Uh, And there were certain rules about um, numbers of people and blah, 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 that that they could have in their bars. So, you know, Taniki Koji is a covered arcade, the People directly across from us, like literally five metres across this covered walkway, it's not a road, it's a literally more you know, it's an arcade. They had to close, but we didn't have to. So, oh, the, line, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. the line was down the middle of the street, basically, <laughs> which is really odd. So, you're on the good side of the tracks. We're on the good side of the tracks, mate. Yeah, we're the, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're the, white, <laughs> we're the white hats over here. We're, we're fine, we're good. So
0: you've uh, you've been in your business for a couple of years now, right? That like it was that like you kind of started. It was pre-COVID, I think. I remember it was like during the World Cup of 2019. So that was like just before COVID kicked off. I guess was when you opened up. Yeah, Is that right,
2: yeah, that's right, mate. Basically, we started out as a as a pop up uh, for the Rugby World Cup. Uh, and we, we weren't even called barefoot; we we're just called rugby bar. <laughs> that was it, and that's why we were built for you know twenty five thousand dollars, a bunch of wood and a few nails and no paint, and because uh, we weren't meant to stay around for that long, basically. Uh,
0: and, right? Yeah. 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 Because, um, like you're saying, it was a pop up bar. Yeah. Um, what made you decide to uh, to carry on? And even even though COVID was going on, and you know, business wasn't looking very good in terms of customers and stuff. What what made you decide to to go ahead with it and, and keep it going as it is now?
2: Well, the thing was that you know after the pop up bar, uh, the idea was to make, basically shut it down and then and then rent the space out to other people. You know, um, I didn't really have any sort of idea to keep it going. Uh, however, after that, um, you know, basically sort of COVID really sort of started to happen uh, we obviously kept running for a little while you know, a few months while we were, we we're figuring out what to do blah 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 and then covid sort of happened after that and um you know you you couldn't find a renter or anything in that time period it was going to be impossible it's quite obvious and even if we did the rents were going to be quite low uh because we actually own that when i say we the company owns that that spot uh owns that shop space basically Uh, And so instead of that, it was just like, okay, well, what do we do? We keep it going as it it was, uh, as pretty basic. And then I was like, okay, well, it's pretty ugly. So I'll just put a little bit of paint on the walls and I just painted it, whatever I had in the shed, which was a kind of a red and stuff like that. it was pretty, it was, uh, and we put a chucked a few pictures up on the wall and things like that. Uh, And, you know, before COVID we were allowed to open up and run for a while. And that was for a little bit. And then COVID really started to hit. Uh, and then we were forced to close one time, and I always had this idea. And by that stage, we'd be running for you know a few months or something like that. Okay, well, we'll just keep it going. You know, it was doing okay. It was pretty obvious there was a, a need for it, a desire for it from customers. Um, but uh, I was very unhappy with the look of it, the feel of it. And then initially, we were clo- we were forced to close by the government for about three months, and. A little bit before that, I'd gone on a, on what I like to call a research tour down south in 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 Japan. So uh, that was that consisted of me getting on a plane, going down to the large cities in Osaka, and just getting drunk at a whole bunch of different bars, <laughs> uh, which was quite fun. Uh, so I just googled you know craft beer bar because we're sort of we we're, we push a craft beer bar, and uh, I went to a whole bunch down south in a couple of different cities, and it was really fun. And I uh, just took a whole bunch of photos and got all these ideas and sort of, I had a vague idea of what I want. And I found other people's things that they were doing and adjusted them for my look. And then I came back up and then were forced to close by the, by the government uh, for about three months. So I thought, all right, you know, I'm going to give it a go. Uh, And uh, I I initially I renovated the toilets and just because I thought that's a small space. So that would be relatively easy. um, How wrong I was. (laughs) it was an absolute bloody nightmare and took me about three months to complete um but after i did that then we're we're actually allowed to open up again by the government for about another three three months or four months after that we're allowed to reopen i think uh but i already i had that look and i i really was really happy with what i did in the in the in the toilets of the bar and i then so i'd sort of (laughs) i basically i've I've felt that way before (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) A pre-Ramen and post-Ramen. Um, so uh, we. I, I really kind of basically had an, a very strong idea of what the image I wanted and things like that from that initial starting point. And I I just drew that design.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the amazing thing is, like you said, Go, if you did it pretty much all by yourself, you built everything. You built, like, the whole bar and, you know, the, the shelves and upstairs and designed it and everything. So if anyone goes to his bar... And you'll see the decor and the decoration. Like, literally, Gareth did that all by himself with his own hands. He had some help, you know, with smashing things down and stuff but in terms I did, of building a couple
2: of couple of awesome 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 radio hosts i'm probably talking to right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that
0: was fun that, that was the only thing i could do was smash things i couldn't build anything unfortunately
2: <laughs> yeah that's right mr ben's got some anger management issues <laughs> no, well, tell me about it yeah
1: <laughs>
0: i think that's things painted in blood isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i think that helped to keep my marriage alive those, those couple of days <laughs> But I mean, the
1: bar now looks fantastic. It's it is a like for those who want. We will put pictures up um, on uh, on our Facebook page and social media. But it is a it's promoted as a craft beer bar. Would you is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's right, mate. We 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 sort of um, have ourselves as a craft beer bar, craft beer and whiskey, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a we have a fairly decent whiskey collection, uh, and so we, we're craft beer whiskey uh but we you know have cocktails and and nice gins and nice vodkas and and nice rums uh things like that so pretty pretty good range i think but craft beer.
0: i wanted to um to kind of ask about you know you've you've been you have your bar business you have a restaurant business you have a lodge uh, what else do you have gareth you got a, f- a few other things going on as well right uh,
2: a little bit of real estate basically
0: right so out of, out of all the businesses that you've been doing uh since you started have you had any kind of any like setbacks or some issues some bad problems that you've encountered and uh i wonder if you could like speak to that besides ben as a customer Besides <laughs> that, besides so the, tr-
2: the troublemaker from England, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having to
0: bar an Englishman That's right.
2: for a year. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah, there's always setbacks. I've had quite a few. Um, I've had I've had a lot of problems. To be honest, I've had uh, a huge number of problems. It seems to be a continual series of of doing well and then having a huge setback that just wipes almost wipes me out. Um. Uh, Earthquakes had one earthquake. I had uh, an entire wall of a building fall off during an earthquake, basically, which nearly destroyed me. Um, uh, you know, I've had uh, problems with business partners uh, previously, a couple of times. Um, yeah, I've had I've had a fire ladder issue, which was just an insanely expensive problem to fix, um, and that nearly destroyed me as well uh, at the time. So, yeah, definitely, mate. I've had quite a few problems, ups and downs. It's been extremely stressful, especially. And then COVID kicked in, you know, so right. it's been a very much a hilly ride, a mountainous ride, you might say, almost. Uh, and uh, it's been up and down. But I guess if you just keep going and and, and have some support from different people and and uh, I think that you can get through it if you're, if you're lucky enough. And I've had support from people, including my uh, family. Uh, so I will say that. Uh, I'm very very uh, thankful to them and a couple of good mates that help you rip down walls that's always been very, very <laughs> <helpful as well. laughs> you, there is there, oh, sorry,
1: sorry, no, now.
0: you go, you go. Uh, is there anything you would have done differently in uh, in terms of those problems that you you faced like could it could they have been prevented
2: in any way? Yes, mate. Uh, definitely the major, one of the major problems I, I had, uh, and I, I can't discuss it in detail, to be honest with you, uh, because it does have legal implications for me. I had a, I had a business partner uh, who, who ended up, in my opinion, being extremely dodgy uh, and, uh, and fraudulent, in my opinion, as well. Uh, so, you know, I think that it applies not just in Japan, but in any country. Uh, you've got to be really careful of the people that you do go into business with. Um, and I don't want to be in business by myself, to be honest with you. I always thought I did when I was younger, but as you get older, you really realise that you want to be in business with other people because it makes your life a lot easier. You know, there's a lot you can sort of work with somebody, and you have different ideas and things like that. But trust is the single biggest issue that you've got to be careful of. So uh, you know, when you when you think you trust somebody, uh, and they turn out to be untrustworthy. When you go into a relationship and you believe that they're trustworthy, uh, you tend to do things you might say sloppily. You, you don't get the paperwork in place that you should have in place before you do an activity. So for all of you listeners out there, and no matter who it is, uh, whether it's your, it's being your best mate from high school for the last forty years, um, you know, do not do anything without getting the paperwork in place first and it's paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. Just cover uh, your bases pretty much. Cover your bases, mate, because money changes everybody and everything. You know, that's mm-hmm. one thing that I've really learned. So just be real, real careful of that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, also um, when it comes to legal matters and things like that, uh, if you can afford it, go straight to lawyers. Don't. Uh, there, are, there are legal clerks in, in Japan that you can use, uh, but I would I would recommend just going straight to a lawyer. So they are a lot more expensive in Japan. Uh, but go straight to them straight up.
0: So any kind of agreement always have a have a lawyer involved, some kind of document that you have to sign, rather than it being, you know, a handshake. For example, you wouldn't you wouldn't go by that anymore
2: oh no absolutely not no no way yeah not nothing you know absolutely nothing i, I wouldn't lend 10 cents to someone uh, nowadays without having a signed sealed agreement and a witness, <laughs> witness agreement you know i'm giving yeah. this packet of gum uh you will repay me uh two 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 packets of gum in the future sign this napkin uh, Sign this napkin, <laughs> uh, and had a witness yeah absolutely go for it go don't uh, Uh, you know you can't overdo paperwork just have as much as
0: well it's crazy man because you hear so many stories of you know things like that happening between like family members like you said like best friends Mm. and everyone somehow because of money ends up falling out like you never expect it like i have you know very close family members at home not that i've fallen out with but who've fallen out of each other because of money and it's ruined like the whole whatever 15 year 20 year relationship that they had where they were so close and then now you know they're just polite around each other and it's just such a shame because they could have avoided that if they yeah like I said maybe got some lawyers in or did some paperwork instead of just like trusting each other with a with a handshake because you don't know really what someone is like to to work with unless you go into business with them and then there's some serious money involved because then you i don't know if you i don't know if it's like you see the true colors of someone in that respect um it's it's quite a hard thing to to get around right when it Mm. comes to business
1: i guess isn't greed one of the seven deadly sins isn't it ben by I the way, so, could I yeah. could I borrow 10,000 10, yen? Or I'll pay you back. Yeah, I was, <laughs> sure. was going to say, I think I
2: think Matt still owes me ten bucks. But anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about that after the podcast. Uh, I didn't I didn't sign anything, man. <laughs> I don't know what are not talking about?
1: <laughs> have you had it, like a uh, going back to the bar? Have you had any uh, trouble from customers? Like, how do you deal with uh, drunk people?
2: I... That, have you seen any fights or anything like that? Um, um, in in uh, in uh, my bio, the one good thing uh, about Japan is is that um, trouble is is actually really low. That's a really good. Uh, you know, Japanese people tend to get drunk and then just fall asleep. Uh, and that's mm. that can be your biggest problem sometimes, waking a, waking one of your patrons <laughs> up at a table. You know, hey, buddy, you got to go. <laughs> uh, but they're not violent, they're like, they just wake up and go, like, Oh, I'm really sorry, I think I fell asleep. And i say, Yeah, you did. <laughs> that's time to go. <laughs> like, okay, that
1: is, uh, that is something you don't notice. I mean, a lot of, or well, I think every bar in Australia has, or oh, I'm not sure, like in the city, you know, you got bounces, security checks, mm. like, or oh, ID checks, but you don't have that in Japan. No, um, no, not at all. No security, like. You don't get patted down or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, people, they don't check your age either. So, um, they, they do at nightclubs, only, right?
2: Yeah,
0: nightclubs is probably the only place you'll see a bouncer um, at the door. But inside a nightclub, you still don't see much trouble going on, or if hardly any. I, don't, I think I've seen, since I've been in Japan, I've seen one fight in a nightclub in Sapporo, and that was between two Japanese guys. But that ended pretty quickly like the guy uh one person i think he spoke to his girlfriend and then he just grabbed him by the neck and dragged him outside um and that was it and it, it didn't like kind of escalate or anything they just went outside and i think he gave him a couple of punches and uh, and it was all over
1: hmm.
0: but yeah that's the that's the only fight i've seen in japan in my 15 years here really? whereas back at home in england you see it every weekend. You see, like, three or four fights. You walk past, you walk down the street at, like, 2 a.m. on a Saturday night, and there'll be, like, you know, fights going on everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> You're jumping into them. boys. <laughs> 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 he, he, yeah, he called you a dick. He called
1: you a dick. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the violent, like, yeah, in Australia, I've seen what the fights I have seen. I've seen quite a few in Japan, but they're not, not that bad, you know, like. But in, in Australia things are quite violent.
0: Well that's a that's a huge difference between Westerners and, and Asians. It's uh, they just get angry when they drink. Whereas Asian people they don't. They become friendlier and all or, or like said, so they fall asleep. Whereas yeah, back home people I don't know, just people just some it's something in the DNA it's gotta be, you know, it's not a it's not I don't know, yeah, it's something to do with cult maybe culture as well, but something to do mm-hmm. with the body.
2: They certainly become friendlier, you know, that's the thing about the bar and I think that's why a lot of our Japanese customers come in. So a lot of them want to talk or at least want to try to talk to, you know, foreign individuals and some of them have learned a bit of English, you know, previously and they kind of want to give it a go and stuff
1: like that. And so, yeah. Vice versa too. I mean, I think it's a good place for foreigners, especially people coming over and maybe in more of a comfortable setting be able to speak to Japanese people, you know. I mean, because in... That's one thing I do like about the bar. It's kind of a Western-style bar. you know, it's got, you've got counter seating and table seating, as opposed to like izakai's, which is a Japanese-style bar, I guess, where you sort of sit in little separate rooms and you don't really get to integrate with, the, with anybody else. So I think that's one good thing about the bar, that you can sort of sit at the counter or see some Japanese people or whatever and you can go chat to them.
0: You we know. could stand stand around, right? With There's them. no no seed in charge.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. There's no
0: sit down hover around a group of girls. <laughs> Sideway glances from Ben. Sideway glances from Ben. Cornichuwa, <laughs> yeah. Sh- shumiwa, Mangushka. Hey, it works. It works. That was my line, man. <laughs>
1: Shumiwa means "what are your hobbies?" For those, who...
0: <laughs> try it. Try it next time, guys. When you're visiting Japan in a in a bar, maybe not a, an izakaya with a, with a, a group of people kind of in their own area, but uh, in an open bar like uh, the barefoot. I, I recommend, yeah, try that out. It's always a good a good opener. <laughs> And they won't get angry. They won't get angry. Not however, like however, however one
2: at one hobby, a thing that's classed as a hobby in Japan, is sleeping. So you might get that a lot. one <laughs> yeah. sleeping yeah, Just sleep. Yeah, <laughs> shopping. Shopping's another one. <laughs> sleeping is not a hobby, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you had, have
1: you have you had anything weird happen in that bar, Gareth? Um, strange stories.
2: <laughs> strange stories. Are weird. Um, not not to be honest. Not particularly. I think it's uh, I think it's been fairly reasonable uh, at this point in time as far as i know then let's uh, get on it man so, so <laughs> sometimes uh, i'm quite sure there could be could be some uh, other other weird stuff that goes on when i'm not there perhaps i don't know <laughs> um but uh yeah we've i mean you know we've uh, we've had we've had a couple of famous soccer players come into the bar oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's not i mean that's not weird yeah. that's just pretty cool. um, uh, that was kind of fun. Um,
0: what what uh, what was that like? Like, were all the customers kind of crowded around them, like you know, screaming and give me a photo and autographs and stuff like that?
2: Absolutely nobody who knew who they were. <laughs> <laughs> just they just sat there watching TV. One of them was I even put one of the guys' games on the TV, so he was sitting there while <laughs> literally his face was on the TV while his game was playing. So they just won, by the way, so they were pretty happy. Uh, and uh, nobody knew who they were. <laughs> they just sat there and had a beer. <laughs> completely, man. Broke. I had a beer with um,
1: the lead singer from Oasis, and he was in this old, the old, the Rad Brothers that bar I used to work at. What? And- Which one? Which brother? The singer, Noel Gallagher, is it? Uh, well, Noel, Noel's the writer. Liam's the singer. Oh, Liam. Liam it was. Him really? and His DJ thing. He came into the bar and um, I'm like, shit, I think that's the dude from uh, Oasis, which I hate. I didn't like that band. <laughs> <laughs> and the manager's like, who's that? I'm like, you don't know who Oasis is? So I showed him. He's like, oh, shit, we got to get him some shots and that. But, I mean, there was about 30 people in the bar. Oasis were playing in town and nobody... Batted. Nobody looked at him or bothered him or anything like wow. that, except for one dude, and then which he told him to fuck off, pretty much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, Man, he it, must mate. have loved it, like you know, because for them to go somewhere where they're not recognised, like they can't do that in England. They couldn't just go to a nah, bar, but nah. I guess in Japan, yeah, you can be famous and and go out and do stuff like that. Like yeah, so you have, like famous yes. soccer players, maybe some famous baseball players. I guess soccer's not as big as baseball here. Um, yeah right. I don't know about uh, TV people though. Like the the variety show personality, they seem to be like the most famous, recognisable people in Japan. Yeah, I think doing nothing. I think when they're scary. around, they
2: get swarmed. There, there was a TV personality that walked into our supplier, who's basically next door to us last week, and you know the whole half the mall. There would have been a hundred people standing in the front of that shop yelling and screaming. So, there, I think the TV personalities are the ones that really. Uh, draw the crowds like that. But a lot of the sports guys just don't get recognized when they're around.
1: What about um podcasters? Do that do they get recognised?
2: Uh well <laughs> Well I think the police posters are really helping with that nowadays. So awesome. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um... Oh Burke you mean. God
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, the life yes. of crime,
2: man. <laughs> You've told your listeners that he's just on a sabbatical, but uh, actually it's... it's, it's a... He's in hiding. He's yeah. ready to yeah. run, man. We, we'd
0: have to increase the reward yeah, from know, 100 yen to 200 yen. <laughs> Try and get him
2: back. Try and get him back. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, do you have any other things you want to ask, Mystic G, yeah, Ben?
0: Um, not really. We're coming up to about that time. But if there was, uh, if there was any... Uh, very important advice, Gareth, the most important advice you'd give to someone for uh, starting any kind of business in Japan, what would that be? Maybe
2: like a, a top three. Oh, top three? Um, not in uh, any order. Not in any order? Okay, top three, no. not in any order. Uh, I think for me, number one would be finding that Japanese English speaker who is amazingly trustworthy. I think that's just the top priority. Uh, and it just makes your life so, so much easier um the the second one would be um be prepared to develop relationships with suppliers and and people like that you know uh everything you have to apply for you know you have to apply for these people to to bill you once a month instead of taking cash out of your pocket directly every relationship takes a while to build uh we've had meat suppliers who wouldn't De- deliver to us for for two months until until we met them 10 times basically you know it's just, it's just really weird it's just some really weird things like that uh so patience i think patience is a virtue and a necessity in japan um again it's hoops hoops and i i think the i, I don't know the third one is is um you know i guess uh, try and look for something that's um uh, similar but different and uh don't be scared of 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 not, of not following the rules sometimes. You know, sometimes there's some Japanese niceties and things like that that you can just say, you know what, bugger it, I'm not following that. And if you don't like it, you get pissed off. So I would say be polite and follow it and develop those relationships and very occasionally just say, no, I'm not doing that.
0: Good advice, good advice, Gareth. So uh, I guess Matt, we can get our our new bar, bar started going. then. Yeah. Strip yeah.
1: bar and petting zoo, <laughs> right, it's right a, next door it's to mix. Bearfoot. It's, it's interesting... found, found a spot. <laughs> yeah. Strip bar, petting zoo, and a, uh... a water slide. Yeah. Water slide. Pa- water petting. slide. Cat bar. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> hey, have you seen another one? No. It's a unique, <laughs> it's
2: unique. Uh, Hey, hey man, just, just on just word of mouth and the handshake agreement, I'll chuck in ten dollars to that agreement for sure. <laughs> oh, you heard it there. You done everybody. <laughs> well,
1: Gareth man, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out. I know you're a busy boy. Um, it's a pleasure. Uh, Thanks for
0: having me on. Yeah, I appreciate. really
1: appreciate all the all the input and advice.
0: Yeah, and then hopefully because of that, we may see some uh, some new people coming in to open. Open some restaurants or bars or something, and and they'll take your advice uh, on uh, listen to your advice, and and hopefully they can be just as successful as well. I certainly hope so. Yeah, we certainly yeah. need
2: more uh, foreign investors and, and you know uh, mixed thoughts in the mixed ideas in in Japan. Please come on over yeah. and start a business. Yeah, and come and say hello yeah. in the bar if you get a chance. Yeah, for those actually coming, if you do,
1: if you are in Sapporo, here yeah, definitely check out Barefoot Bar. Awesome whiskey, craft beers, and the hamburgers there, man. Uh, Very, very, very good. The Barefoot Burger—is that yeah, what it's called? Best in town, man. Uh, best in town. Uh, yeah, not just and there's a
0: that. and there's a Halloween party coming up at the end of the month, October 29th, which should be a, a big event. Halloween is always huge in Japan, and I think yeah. every year, well, I guess it's the first year since COVID that you know yeah. there's going to be Halloween events. Right? So yeah. It's going to be yeah. pretty crazy, I reckon, in Suskino this uh, this year. It's
2: going to be pumping. Yeah, I think it could yeah. be too. Fingers crossed.
0: All right, everyone, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll catch you again next time. Okay, thank you. Goodbye.
1: This episode of Voices in Japan was brought to you by Risutsu Lodges, open all year round, located five-minute walk to the main Risutsu Ski Resort gondola, there are Japanese, western, and apartment-style rooms with breakfast packages available. There's a Japanese center, a public bath, two convenience stores, less than a minute walk, a ski room and tune-up tables, plenty of free parking space, and summer barbecue packages available. Check out the website for more information and availability. Uh, that's www.rusutsu-lodges.com.